Hey everyone, um, it's been a while since I've done an update or, um, you know, talked, so I figured I would do a quick update before I go pick up my kids today. I've been doing a lot of deep diving on myself and some of the issues that I'm going through. Some of the things that... Um, I haven't quite been able to pinpoint um, until there's 2020 hindsight. Um, <clears throat> you know, I said before that I had like an episode where I was kind of freaking out, um, almost, almost seems like a nervous breakdown, which looking at it now, I feel like that is probably what I had. So, um, So, I, I mean, I, I kind of looked into some PTSD, CPTSD, um, and the differences and um, what are some of the, the signs of, and, you know, for, for C, I didn't, I didn't write any of this down um, right now, um, but I just kind of wanted to get out my thoughts. Um, but, you know, CPTSD... Um, it's more of a disorder that happens over time from multiple traumas, um, which you can't necessarily with PTSD. It's, you know, traumatic events that you can kind of pinpoint to the point of having flashbacks to where a lot of times with CPTSD, um, you can't really, you don't really have the flashbacks, but you do have the feelings of the events. And if you think about the event, you can go back and you can see these different events um, vividly. But in the moment of having a session of something that's triggering this to come up again, it's not like you visualize, it's not like you see why you're doing it. You're just freaking out. You're just having a moment. Um, and you don't know why, and it can make you feel like you're just going absolutely insane. Um, so, you know, some of the, some of the signs that, that you're in that is, you know, obviously anxiety. Uh, most people that have CPTSD suffer from a lot of anxiety. Um, and they don't know why. They don't know where it's coming from. Um, and uh, twitchy, you know, you kind of get twitchy if, if, if something's triggering you, you know, there's a lot of twitchiness. There's a lot of movement. You can't sit still. Um, anxiety starts to get really, really high. Um, there's, you're prone to angry outbursts um, over minor things. Um you know, and, and then it can just kind of snowball from there. Um, narcissistic abuse can really affect you negatively for a really long time or forever if you never actually try to get help, try to do some research, try to understand it, 
try to kind of get it under control, change patterns, change behaviors. Um, it's not a big shock that someone who has gone through massive amounts of narcissistic abuse for, you know, years, for even months, um, to fall into, um, heavy alcohol use, heavy drug use. Um, typically there's, there's a part of them that starts to feel broken because of these disorders and these anxieties. And, you know, I mean, it can start to affect you physically. Um, one of the big physical ones is, is, is nervous breakdowns, which I discovered, which makes complete sense for me because I've had a few since leaving. Um, my ex to where it just seems like I'm, I mean, it's just like a loss of control, like over your own thoughts and emotions. You just kind of don't know why you're freaking out the way you are. It could be over something minor, but if it's triggering you, I mean, one of my biggest, I think frustrations is when I don't feel like I'm being heard or if I feel like my words are being misrepresented to the feelings that I had attached to those words when I originally said them, um, I feel like there's, you know, gaslighting or truth twists or, you know, reframing of my, my thoughts when I didn't ask for a reframing and valid or not valid. Um, that is how it makes me feel. Um, and if it continues, then I really start to lose my damn mind. <clears throat> so, and then afterwards, when I look back, because I don't know where it's coming from, I just know that I've never been like this before. So I know it has something to do with it. I know the the NPD abuse that I had had something to do with it. I just don't know where it came from. <clears throat> I did read a lot, which I know I've said a lot, that... You know, typically you're, you're, you know, we're all chasing positivity or something, some kind of addiction, whether it be, you know, prescription medication, whether it be drugs, whether it be alcohol, like we all have some form of addiction. It just depends on how we utilize our time and our energy, um, and changing those patterns of behaviors, um, if they are negative to be something that could in turn be good for you. Um, breathing exercises, you know, yoga exercise, um, meditation, um, writing, um, journaling, um, painting, drawing, um, anything that could be done in a positive way to better yourself and further your, um, lifestyle in a positive way, um, in place of, um, filling it with other things that you're to those broken parts of your soul, you know, um, using, uh, drugs or alcohol as escapism, um, and it's, and it's understandable, totally understandable. And there's no judgment here. 
but it's just trying to escape one's reality and create a better reality in the moment. Um, <clears throat> which I think is, is, you know, makes a lot of sense as to why I've been so gung ho on creating better patterns with working out and everything else. And it, and it does help. It does help a lot. And I still have these issues that arise. Um, but I don't think I've ever really known fully why. Um, so I'm starting to do some more research on that. Um, and you know, I feel like, I feel like I'm headed in the right direction. And the more I learn, the more I'll kind of pass on to you guys. Um, if you're looking for answers to, um, then I also started looking into, you know, the CPTSD and the effects and everything else in PTSD. But I also with, with the, the covert narcissist specifically, um, they tend to have these kind of things connected a little bit tighter, um, even with the C complex PTSD. Um, so, um, yeah, covert narcissists are, are, are timid narcissists. They're shy narcissists. I've heard the saying, um, shy narcissist versus overt narcissist, you know, that is, is very clearly over the top. Um, shy narcissists are very tricky. Um, that's what I found myself in a relationship with. Um, and when you're dealing with somebody like that, they, they clearly have a lot of issues. A lot of them tend to be abandonment issues or family issues early on in life. A lot of times they won't admit that they had issues early on in life with their family and they kind of pretend like everything was fine. Um, but once you get to know them, you start to see a lot of that, uh, facade disappear. Um, some of the other things that, that I noticed were, you know, they, they, they kind of have a messiah complex. Um, I mean, all narcissists have a messiah complex or superiority complex. Um, they're all very entitled, but it's really interesting because with the covert, they, they think they're shit. They feel that they're shit and they'll even tell you that they feel certain ways. Um, they, but at the same time, they also have this feeling of superiority, like, oh, why do not, why did they not see my, my greatness? You know, um, why do they not see how wonderful I am? Like, you know, and if, and if people don't respect them the way they feel that they would, should be respected, um, or if they do something for a friend, um, and then they get mad at that friend if they don't get it reciprocated in the same way. You know, I would never do that. I would never do this. I would never do that. My, my ex used to bring, you know, when she would meet a new friend, she would go over the top and she would bring them food and make them homemade 
meals and I don't know how much money I spent because she wanted to impress new people in her life to the point to where it was just nauseating to where they're like, oh my God, you're just the greatest. Thank you so much. Um, you know, but it was never reciprocated in the same way because it's just over the top, weird, you know, like things that people don't always do. If you're just going to hang out with somebody, you don't have to make them a whole meal uh, when you show up. Um, unless, you know, you're having a potluck or something. Sure. And when that wasn't reciprocated and her friends would come over and not bring gifts to her and grovel at her feet, then it was just, she's just not a good friend. You know, she doesn't care about me the way I care about her. Like this is, this is bullshit. I deserve so much better than this as a friend. Um, Shy narcissists, covert narcissists are, are prone to temper tantrums when they don't get their way, almost toddler-like. Um, or if they, they're really, I know my ex used to troll social media and if somebody had something good go on in their life, um, she would always throw a fit about it. Like if somebody went on a nice vacation, like, why can't I go on a vacation? She doesn't deserve that. Ugh. Why is she married to someone who has so much money? I deserve that. Um, that's what I deserve. That girl was such a bitch, you know, stuff like that. Um, you know, they get really envious, really jealous of other people having things that they want and they can't have. Um, they can't, they don't have the ability to be happy for people. They don't have the emotional hardware to actually be happy for people. Um, they create a false reality. Um, I found this interesting that, um, a lot of, a lot of, uh, well, before I jump onto that point, the tantrum thing as well. Um, I mean, my ex used to throw massive, overly dramatic tantrums when she didn't get her way. I mean, I, I should have seen the red flags early on. She would always want to go shopping and I never had the money to go shopping and she didn't want to go shopping just for like a couple things at target. She wanted to go to nice stores and we lived in Las Vegas. So there were a lot of expensive stores and she wanted the expensive clothes at the time. She was really into like Betty, Betsy Johnson and juicy couture, which was really popular at that time. And, you know, she would want to go to these stores I would show up and she'd be like, Oh, I love these. I love this pajama set or I love this dress or, uh, free people was another one she started going to later on. Um, but if I just said, yeah, that's nice. That is nice. I, I don't have the money for it. Like, I don't even know why we're here. You know, <laughs> then there was a couple times where she literally said, fuck you and stormed out of the store. And I'm like, wait, what, what just happened? You know? And then I'm like, wait, what? you know, so weird. And I'm having to chase her down. And why are you mad at me? Why are you mad at me? Like, you don't even care about me. You know, she would say, you don't even care about me. You're not even going to get me the nice things that I want. Like, these are the things I need. I need this. Like, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, you're such an asshole. Um, you can't support me the way I need to be supported. Um, and somehow because I don't have the money, I'm just not good enough because she feels that she deserves everything and just throw it into these baby fits. I mean, there was times where we were at home and she would, I mean, I've seen her literally fall on the floor and start hitting herself in the head or, you know, 
just throw things at me like a child. Like she threw a smoothie at me once. She's thrown phones at me. You know, she's thrown, I don't know how many cups she's thrown at me, uh, plates, um, anything, anything that's close to her in the moment, she will just throw. Um, like a child, like when a child gets upset or they don't get their way, they just throw things or stomp on the ground and kick their feet. Um, it's, it's, it's crazy. They have this internal struggle of, they don't feel like they're good enough for the world, but yet they also feel superior to everybody. But they don't want everybody to know that they feel superior. They want to kind of continue to think that they're humble. So they want to give off this image of being humble um, while having this superiority complex and yet internally hating themselves. Um, it's just this constant battle for who they are. Um, it's, 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 it makes a lot of sense. Um, looking back at it now, um, yeah. And the other part is the covert narcissists. Um, they kind of had this Messiah complex where they, Oh wait, I already talked about the Messiah complex. Yeah. Sorry. I'm just getting all over the place in my head. I remember. So the, the narcissist that's overt, they kind of, I found this really interesting. They kind of find a, they create a lie about themselves, um, as to who they are and they stick with it and they almost brainwash themselves into believing it, which I found really interesting because in that way, my ex kind of teeters the line between the two, but you know, with covert narcissists, from what I understand, from what I've read, from what I've heard from a lot of people, um, covert narcissists are shit. They know they're shit. They feel like shit, you know, like that's, that's how they perceive themselves. Um, and they, um, create this false persona, but they know it's totally false and they know it's not really them, but they do it anyway. Um, even though they know they're full of shit, um, which I found that really interesting because I feel like mine would, when she would change her styles and she would change who she was and, you know, change the lifestyle, the person that she, people she would hang out with all these different things. She would at first kind of know she was full of shit. Um, but then she would start to believe the lie and then she would start to kind of brainwash herself into believing this is who she is. Um, but maybe she did know she was full of shit knows that she is full of shit. And maybe that's why she gets so envious or jealous. And when she looks at other businesses and sees what they have, um, and how good they're doing, it drives her insane. It drives her mad. She cannot help, but look at her competition, um, and be angry. Again, that Messiah complex does come up, you know, with that because she just thinks she's the best and she doesn't understand why nobody else sees her greatness. Um, cause she's the best. Why don't they see that? She used to run a women's circle. 
um, doing, doing these moon ceremonies things, which a lot of covert narcissists kind of um, try to present themselves as healers, um, which is really dangerous, um, or gurus. And she would try to present herself as a healer and she would do these moon ceremony circles with other women to try to empower women. Um, and these poor women would, were just completely bamboozled by her and they're just enamored with her and they just think she's the greatest thing until they don't. And then I remember when other women started doing different moon ceremonies and some of the women that were in her circles that used to be big started dwindling down little by little, which makes me think that they also saw what I saw, although I'll never know, but maybe they saw that she was not equipped or she was full of shit. I don't know what it was, but they would go to other women's circles. And this made my ex so angry, so angry. And I had a friend, a close friend, and his wife went to another women's circle. Um, and she got really mad. Even his wife's going, even she's going to these other, this other person's circle. Like, what the fuck? Like, why the fuck would she do that? Like, she's not my friend. Like, does she hate me? Like, when did she start hating me? Like, I really liked her, but fuck her. If she's going to do that, like, you need to ask him, you need to ask him, you need to ask him, you know, trying to turn me into her, her message boy. Um, so I did ask him about it cause I worked with him. Um, you know, I brought it up to him and he was just kind of like, Oh yeah. Um, between him and I, he did tell me that he didn't, she did, his wife didn't like going because she was intimidated by my ex. She felt threatened by my ex in a way to where she didn't, she didn't trust her as a friend. Um, and it was scary to her. She thought that my ex, um, could be capable of doing some really nasty things. And she just wanted to kind of you know, distance herself. But he was like, you know, I, I go back and I'm like, Oh, she just went, I didn't say any of that, but I just kind of went back and I'm like, Oh, she just, you know, wanted to try going to another ones because that's her friend too. And she wanted to go there and, and check it out. And she wasn't trying to be offensive and blah, blah, blah. And tried to calm down the situation, which I did, but it still didn't work because she's a narcissist. But, you know, I, I mean, that's kind of, it's really, yeah, the, the, the covert versus the overt. I mean, the overt narcissist, a lot of the stuff they do is, is a little bit more blunt, a little bit more blatant. Um, they can carry on good jobs. A lot of them are pillars of society. Um, they are, you know, rule makers and all kinds of stuff. I mean, narcissists, because of their lack of empathy, don't mind stepping on anybody's toes to get ahead. And they're really charming and they're really good at working their way in and kissing ass to the right people at the right time and fitting in and everything else and creating these, these realities for themselves. You know, the, the stereotypical, you know, people that you would think of, um, like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross and Alec Baldwin's character, or, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio and Wolf on Wall Street, you know, anything like that. Um, but, um, yeah, or or even better, Patrick Bateman in American Psycho. Um, you know those those types of characters. I mean, 
it's just, it's, it's crazy. Um, those, those types of characters have no problem moving up in a company to where a covert narcissist doesn't really have that. They, they don't play well with others. A lot of times they don't necessarily move up in companies because they're not as bold. Um, they just don't hold down jobs and they just kind of suck you financially dry. And then they will start their own dreams or try to start their own businesses and try to build them up themselves. And, you know, it's just, it's just, there's a lot to it that I'm unpacking and that I'm seeing. Um, and I just, I'm going to continue to work on me and my own insecurities. I'm going to write down some, some of my values and different things and, um, try to keep working on, um, keeping these demons at bay, you know, until hopefully they, they disappear, you know, that is workable. It is treatable. Um, really would love to go back to therapy. My, my, uh, health insurance doesn't cover, um, therapy the way I need it to. At this point, I have a very large deductible that I just cannot afford right now because of courts and because of fixing up this other house and everything else. So, um, the best I can do at the moment is, is research and, um, you know, analyzing and trying to, uh, figure it out as I go, you know, 2020 hindsight, thinking back, why did I act this way? Oh, now that I'm out of it, I can see I did this because it made me feel this way because this is what happened in previous relationships. Now I see the connection, but in the moment when you're freaking out or you're angry, you're upset, you're sad, you're whatever you are, you don't know why you're freaking out. You're just freaking out. You're not connecting the dots to the narcissist. You're not connecting the dots to your history, your past traumas. You're just freaking out. And then when you go back and look, you go, oh, okay. I see, I see this. I see I did this because this made me feel this way because so-and-so used to do this to me. And because she did this to me or he did this to me, it made me feel this way. I can see now the differences. I can see now that's not what was happening. Or maybe it is happening. Maybe you are back in a situation where you've got another narcissist in your life. I mean, that's a possibility too. Um, but for me, it was more... I can see this. I know you are not like this. I, and, and, the, and the bad thing is you can't trying to explain that to somebody is, is, is difficult too, because then you're comparing them to this horrible person that they know is a horrible person and they don't understand why you would compare them to a horrible person, but it's not, it's not that you're comparing anybody to them. It's just that you triggered by past hurts and past traumas that have happened to you. And these, these covert narcissists, they do things in a way to where they don't just do it all at once. They chip away at you. You know, it's like the frog analogy, um, the frog analogy where that, you know, you, you can't throw a frog in boiling water or they'll hop out. But if you put it on simmer and slow boil, you know, um, they'll stay in it as if the water just ever so slowly heats up, um, they'll just stay in there until they die. Um, and I used to use that analogy a lot when I didn't understand what was going on with my relationship, but I felt like that was me. I felt like that frog was me 
and my relationship with my ex, which is funny. I used to use death by a thousand paper cuts a lot and the frog analogy a lot to kind of try to make people understand what I was feeling. Cause it's never, it was never just, you know, I mean, there was moments of, of, you know, violent outbursts where I was abused violently, but most of it was just a slow boil. And it's just there. I think from what I understand, covert narcissists are a lot bigger on guilting and shaming you. Um, also, and a lot of that guilt and shame are those small boils, small simmer, you know, keeping it on simmer type things to where it's like, you don't really realize it. It's just kind of like little attacks, little attacks, very passive aggressive, um, chipping away at who you are type things, you know, breaking down the walls and, and really getting to the core of you without even, you know, infiltrating and, and not even realizing it. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I know I've said this before, but it's just so funny. I mean, I, I feel like an overt narcissist is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Um, but a covert narcissist is a wolf in sheep's clothing in wolf's clothing. Yeah, I just, I just find it so hilarious that the irony of my ex, my ex narcissist and how she views herself. I don't know if she believes it. I don't know if she thinks she's full of shit. And if she knows she's full of shit, if she just wants to present herself as this to the world. But, you know, I remember when we first started dating, she used to tell me, oh yeah, everyone thought I was a bitch in high school. I just have a resting bitch face. Um, everyone, nobody wanted to talk to me and I thought everybody hated me, but apparently people liked me. They were just afraid to talk to me or people were intimidated by me for some reason. So, I mean, it, but when you get to know me, I'm just this little softy that just wants love. So I'm a, a sheep in wolf's clothing. So she got a tattoo of a sheep with wolf's clothing, which really she's a wolf in sheep's clothing and wolf's clothing. So she, she doesn't even know that she's really a wolf. I mean, maybe she does. The more I think about, they know they're full of shit. Like, I think there's a part of her but it's very deep down, very buried that she knows she's full of shit, but she doesn't admit it. She'll never admit it. I think she believes her own lies. I think she's so deep in her lie that there's no coming back from it. And you can't be honest with a therapist. You can't be honest when people believe their own lies and they believe they own their own reality. They're the producers of their TV shows and the stars and everything else. Like, They've, they've gone too far. Like they've got viewers, they've got people watching. Like she can't let go of that now. I don't know. It's crazy, man. <laughs> I mean, hopefully this has been insightful. Hopefully this has helped you. Um, if some of those things did make sense for you, um, you might be dealing with a covert narcissist. Um, if some of these responses or CPTSD type moments are coming up with your ex, with your narcissist that you're still currently in a relationship with. I feel like most of the people that are listening, if not all of you, I mean, you wouldn't be listening to my podcast if you didn't have a narcissist in your life in some form or fashion, whether you're seeking validation, whether you're seeking answers, whether you're just wanting to relate to somebody. So for whoever the narcissist in your life is, hopefully um, the sooner the better that you get away from them. But uh, 
yeah, I mean, if you start to feel twitchy, if you start to feel balls of anxiety, if you start to think that like you start to freak out over little things here and there, like don't, don't beat yourself up over it. There's always another day. Like everyone has shit days, like really. And then everyone has good days. You know, I mean, I'm a pretty optimistic person. I try to stay positive, but sometimes people just have a shit day. It happens. So I got to sign off. Uh, going to pick up my boys for a couple days. Thank you all for listening. Hope this has been insightful. Have a good day.